You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. What up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Tusei, here with another episode of the Saved and Woke podcast. It's been a while since our last episode. So much has gone on. To say that a lot has gone down would be the biggest understatement that I can think of. So much has gone down politically, so much has gone down with COVID-19, so much is going on socially, so much is going on throughout our world. Um, just a couple of days ago, I just found out about the the explosions in, in Beirut. And so I think I can make probably 20, maybe even 50 different episodes just talking about individual instances or individual current events as they've as they've happened uh, since since we last got together uh, but I'm not going to talk about all of them I'm going to talk about the ones that are most important to me and most relevant to the show obviously um, and they are revolving around social justice particularly racial justice racial inequity racial injustice uh, the the killings of black black people largely at the at the hands of of law enforcement um so yeah uh, initially i'm just gonna go get get right into these explanations uh um or just right into the episode right into the content well i wanted to share like why well one of the reasons why i took a step back initially from creating content and one of them was it's because i needed a break i feel like I feel like a lot of us needed a break. And by us, I do specifically in this case mean conscious black people and definitely conscious black Christians. I needed a break because, and I feel like we all needed a break because it's just so much, it's so, so, so taxing on the human psyche to just constantly be constantly and repeatedly be traumatized by seeing people who look like you being killed and then watching their murderers go free um, or if not free not having justice acted uh, enacted swiftly and like I think I shared either if it was not on the episode it was if it was not on the show it was definitely on my Instagram around the time when Ahmad Arbery's murder became known nationwide like that hurt me in particular not just because like oh man that's a black man but like I run I run through my neighborhood that like literally could have been me. And I said before, like, had I not known better, I would have thought that 
somebody had that, that the video of Ahmad running was somebody, a video that somebody had taken of me while I was running. Because the way he moved out of the cars, that's the way I moved to, to avoid cars or, or people walking while, while I run. It was eerily similar to me. So that hit and, and it shook me on, on, a number, on a number of levels. And then I just, when I found out about Breonna Taylor, this is still very difficult for me to talk about. The other day, like I, I signed the petition for Breonna Taylor's justice, and the link to that petition, as well as the petitions for justice for Ahmad and George Floyd, they're they're in the show notes, um, and they'll be in the YouTube notes as well. Oh yeah, also I'm I'm, I'm recording video for my podcast listeners, in case y'all want to hot platforms. Um, so yeah, I, I had just signed the petition for Breonna Taylor, for justice for Breonna Taylor, and you know with those petitions, they all they highly and strongly encourage you to share, share the petition with others, and I did, and I was going to type a message to, to my followers and to my friends, I think it was being shared on Facebook, and I couldn't even type a message. And like I said, it's still very difficult for me to talk about Brianna Taylor specifically. I'm just so shook I'm just, because she was she was asleep in her house. And the police literally just carried out a hit on her life. The the explanation of why the police used a no knock warrant was just so bogus. They just and it's so so reminiscent of lynchings during during and after Reconstruction and and, and during the era of black codes and 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 in the Jim Crow South where you know maybe a wrong was committed like maybe there were there were drugs being sold um and like back in the day the 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 errors that I was talking about maybe maybe someone was robbed maybe someone was killed but instead of instead of actually trying to conduct an investigation they just find whatever black person is around and vulnerable and decide that more important than getting justice and getting to the bottom of the issue is just appeasing white rage. Um, and that's what happened with Breonna Taylor. She was asleep and they just opened fire. They opened fire on her and then <laughs> without announcing themselves, there's no knock warrant. And then when her boyfriend came downstairs to try to defend himself from what he thought was, no, from what was a drive-by, they tried to charge him. And I just thank God that he that those charges were dropped. But, I mean, at first it was difficult for me to talk about Ahmad. It was difficult for me to talk about George Floyd when initially when I saw him. But for whatever reason now, it's difficult for me to talk about Breonna Taylor. And that was one of the reasons why, like I said, I took a break from the podcast. <sighs> 
because I just, I just, I just, it was just too much, man. It was too much. And if for those of you who are listening or watching and you have not taken a break yet, please do so. Please do so, especially if you're a believer, man. We need to rest. We need to, well, no matter what we're doing. Yes, we can we can still be working. We need to always be working for the advancement of the of the kingdom, for spreading the gospel, for establishing uh, biblical biblical justice in our communities. But we also got to rest. We need a rest in it. I think uh, d- definitely working for. For God and for, on behalf, and, 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 yeah, working for God and, and on His behalf in the earth is definitely pleasing to Him, but it's also pleasing to to rest in Him because rest is where we show that we trust that we trust God. Because we no, no matter even if we work twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, we would never be able to accomplish what God really wants to do. Um, and I'm going to get into some, some of that later on because I'm going, to, I'm going to share some other things that I've been struggling with that really, really, I think, illustrate and the, just the complexity of this, of this saved, this saved and woke lifestyle, if we're going to, if it's a, if we're going to call it that. Um, and so before I get started, I want to re- just redefine or just re-explain what it means to be saved and woke. I, one misconception that I was just thinking of, I'm, 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 I'm going to make sure that nobody's thinking of saved and wokeness like this. So when I say saved and woke, I mean just that, saved and woke. I am saved and woke at all times. I am not saved or woke. There's a difference. So I think like sometimes people can, sometimes, I mean, and I have, I've been guilty of doing this myself. Like sometimes I would walk in my savedness in certain uh, in certain arenas, and then I would like flip the switch, and then I walk in my wokeness. Um, but I, I don't think that's how we're supposed to be, and I, that's that's how I I strive to be saved and woke in 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 every area of life in every context. And so, one of the reasons that this time in particular, and, and on top of just like I said, just being traumatized by seeing and hearing about and learning about so many instances of black death is the fact that my response to it has to be guided by the Holy Spirit. So I I am saved and woke at all times. So I am aware of the social and political realities of of our society. I am aware of my ability as as an American citizen as a conscious american citizen to to take action and to do what i can to shape and restructure my social reality and as a christian i am also aware that i need to do these things in a way that is pleasing to god in a way that is spirit led and that has been my struggle and the struggle just being that I'm very, 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 very angry. I'm very, very, I'm, I, th- I think even like saying I'm pissed is just such an understatement. It doesn't feel, it doesn't encapsulate how I'm really feeling. It doesn't uh, just the, the, the frustration, the weight of, of the hurt 
and just the exhaustion, the exhaustion and sometimes even the hopelessness that I feel. Like sometimes I feel hopeless. And as a Christian, I'm supposed to, I serve the God of hope. And so I'm supposed to be filled with the hope of God. I'm supposed to be filled and strengthened. Uh, the joy of the Lord is supposed to be my strength. And so those are some things that I've been struggling with. And I'm going to share one thing that uh, my, my pastor helped. Well, one thing that I'm struggling with is just making sure that I'm keeping God at the center of everything I do in marriage, my finances, raising my family, keeping in touch with just being a good friend, a good son, um, a good family member, good husband, and definitely a good citizen. Um, because like I said, mainly it's just because seeing all this stuff, I think to be angry is a is the right reaction. You should not, to, to, to see what's been going on lately and to not be angry, I think is would be concerning to say the least. Um, but as believers, I do believe we're supposed to always have God at the forefront. And my pastor recently, he's, he, he has been preaching a sermon series on faith, particularly a faith that lives. And I'm going to go through some of the notes that I've taken on these sermons, which were virtual, by the way. Uh, the link to the sermon is also in the, in the show notes and will be in, in the, the video description as well. But I'm going to just go through my notes and talk about the struggle that I have with, with you know, just living with what I truly believe is how God wants us to live um, and how it connects with our fight for our fight for justice, all right? So I have my Bible here, I have my notes, and I have my trusty laptop. So you'll probably hear some pages turning. You'll probably hear me clicking on the computer every now and then. But, oh, and I also have my handy-dandy sticky note to make sure that I'm staying, make sure that I'm hitting all the uh, <clears throat> all the points that I wanted to hit. Um, so yeah, this, this series is called Alive. I think it's like, I think we're on like, part 10 of the series. I think this is like either part eight or nine. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, so this series called Alive, Patient Faith. And he starts off saying, we have to be patient with the plan and the will of God. The, well, the plan and the will and the work of God in our lives. And here he went through this whole series. He was going through James. Um. And here he cites James 5, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read those now. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. 
Again, that's James 5, verses 7 through 11, and I was reading from the ESV version. Uh, and so I'm just going to continue reading through, our, through my notes. So our faith is going to demand patience. As we faithfully believe in God's ability to bring about his justice and faithfully work to do our part in bringing that to pass, it's going to demand patience. And I say I've been struggling with this because right now I feel the probably the most impatient I've ever felt in regards to social justice and particularly racial justice and racial equity because it's ridiculous. The only good thing about this situation, I think the only good thing about having Trump in, in office right now and or at least the only thing good thing that I can see is that now we can't hide it like the ele- the uh, the uh, the election of Trump just showed America how racist how deeply embedded racism really is and the past few months has just showed us again how deeply rooted racism is and has opened people's eyes has woken people up to the real work, to what racial equity really looks like. It's more than just taking a knee. It's more than just these, the symbolism. And it's more than just doing things that white people can profit off of. And by that, I mean, like, I think of, you know, the Montgomery bus boycotts, uh, which was a successful, um, a successful movement led by, you know, obviously Dr. King. I mean, I, I think it's, I said it, it's, it's going to take more than that because, yes, it was good that black people could <clears throat> just finally sit and ride on the bus and not be dogged out just trying to get a ride home, even while they were paying customers. They were paying to ride that bus. But that's just it. Those bus companies profited off of allowing people, off of allowing black people to ride and sit anywhere they wanted to on the bus. Like, uh, it, it's definitely often... um you know, uh, a viable strategy to try to hit people in their pockets, to try to get them to do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down, like there's going to be some change that needs to be made that will not win people money. They will lose money. They will lose power. And it, 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 it's going to require that. And as believers, if, if uh, for those of us who will have to give up power and give up give up position and give up money. I mean, we should be ready to do that because the Bible tells us that we should put the needs of others before ourselves. And I believe if America really is a Christian nation, then we should be ready to do that. And that's why I've said before, and I've said it in other episodes, uh, I think the, the title, I think it was, it was definitely in season one, I think it, the title was America Not So Christian After All. Something like that. You should listen to it. It was a good episode. Um, so yeah, that's why you know America is not a Christian nation. In it, but I mean, back to the point is like it's going to take more than just symbolic stuff. More than more moves are going to have to be made, other than the things that are profitable to 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 uh, to corporations and and, and predominantly white owned 
or white controlled companies or spaces. And I guess to also to just give another example, um, I was looking at uh, IBM. They had their page, uh, a page dedicated to their diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And this was, I guess they were being, this page was dedicated to their, to the inclusion work that they're doing in regards to uh, making their, I guess, peripheral, uh, what is it? Uh, their auxiliary equipment more, more accessible to people with disabilities. And I was like, that's great. They should do that. I, th I think that's great that they're doing it, but I think diversity is going to have to do, be, go beyond that because again, by making their products more accessible to more people, they will profit off that. And I don't have a, a, a diagnosis or a prognosis of to, as to what you know IBM should do to 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 truly maximize their equity footprint. Um, but I do believe it's going to take more than stuff like that. If all of your, I feel like if 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 all of your diversity and equity work ends up in you profiting in some way if you're a person who's already in particular uh, a position of power influence and privilege then uh you need to dig deeper and uh, i think what what you're doing probably is good it's it's just the very 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 tip of the iceberg um Anyway, so back to these notes. I said, faith is going to demand patience. So, and I wrote here, I said, I have to learn. We have to learn to practice patience. And patience, I'm just going to be honest. A lot of times, patience sucks. It sucks to be patient when, especially when it's like you, like, you know you're being wronged. You can clearly see the wrong that's being uh, perpetuated throughout our society, and like especially like when 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 I am shown some wrong that's been that I've done, and I when I admit it, I'm like, okay, damn, okay, I, I see that, so I'm gonna change it immediately. I want I'm gonna repent right now. We we want we want we want this nation, we want this world to repent of its racism, not just to say sorry. Not just to say, oops, my bad, let's walk together, let's unify, but to truly repent and to undo and to walk in the opposite direction, to walk in the uh, direction of not just racial equity, but biblical, godly, righteousness, and justice. Um, and it's hard to wait for it. But not just, but what is helpful about this is that about this message that I hope you take some time to check out is that it reminded me that I'm not just because like if I'm just waiting on people to do right or for systems to change, I will get more and more antsy. One, because again, like I just see the wrong and I just wanted to stop. But also because I guess the longer I wait, the more conscious and aware I become of people's reticence to change, people's hesitation and unwillingness to be sacrificial in how they move about society and how they enact laws and how they lobby for change 
And I'll just share this note here. It says, a faith that lives remains present with patience while looking ahead with purpose and promise. And I'll, as I go through the notes, that pur- what that purpose and promise is referring to will become more clear and hopefully more encouraging and more hopeful. So we struggle with patience because we don't know how to deal with the present. We should be patient in hardship, although that is the most difficult time to be patient, especially right now. This has been the most difficult time for me to be patient, for me to just joyfully wait on the Lord. And if you're struggling with that as well, I mean, I just hope that just knowing that it's not just you is encouraging. Man. We're all in this together. Um, so on top of that, James said that not only are we to be long-suffering, but we are also to have a loving attitude during this suffering, particularly with other believers. Um, and usually the last thing you want to be while you're suffering is loving. While you're suffering or in pain, you become just acutely aware of your experience and therefore less likely to, to, to share love, the love of God with somebody else. And one thing that also, also hurt, and I was just like, dang, man, this is hard because it said like, supposed to be loving towards other believers that would be easier if i knew that all the believers i guess in the in the nation and death and even you know in my church and in my circles were at least quote-unquote on my side in terms of these social justice issues but a lot of professing christians are sympathetic to or uh, white supremacist ideology and white supremacist behavior. They are sympathetic to, and or 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 vehemently on the side of white supremacy and the subjugation, and marginalization, and oppression of of black people and other people of color, or in any or any other what we call in social work outgroups. Um, but we have to love everybody. And I just, uh, I know Jesus said that, you know, what good does it do for you to love and be kind to your friends? Because don't even heathens do that? Then we have to love our enemies. And I just really have to seek God to make sure that well, as I seek justice, as I fight for justice, and as I boldly and unashamedly hold people accountable for their wickedness and unrighteousness, that at the same time, I love them. It's hard. And it's, this Christian life, is, like the, the only way to live it is with the Holy Spirit. There's no way I can will or intellectually find a way to do this. I have to be led by, the, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. So just, I'm struggling with this. And by struggling, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm working through it. I'm not, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not sure if I'll ever all the way, be all the way there. But I'm working and I'm submitting to God. Like when I'm having issues, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be intentional about letting him know because if i just struggle with it on my own eventually i'm going to either burn out or lash out and neither of those neither of those is good so next note that i have from this wonderful sermon it's like so patience has a picture patience has a picture again from james 5 and 7 be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the lord so until we're supposed to be patient until the coming of the Lord. 
not until we get what we want. And that's tough because I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to patiently wait until we achieve justice, until we accomplish justice, until we win. But the bias believers, yes, we're supposed to work towards justice, but we're supposed to be patient and we're supposed to remain faithful. We're supposed to remain steadfast until the coming of the Lord. Not until things get easier. We're supposed to be patient until God comes, until the picture that God has painted, until his promises becomes reality. We remain, we remain faithful for the realization of God's picture, either in this life or the next. And I have to tell you, when he said that, I had to stop and pause. I have or that because that hit hard because I want, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to see justice. I want to see justice achieved. I want to see justice worked, realized, manifested here. In a lot of ways, I want retribution and vindication from everything that's been happening for the past 400 plus years in this country. But I have to, we have to remember that like, if we are going to, if we, if we are to follow the, the biblical and godly examples of that are, that are in, that are in the word, I'm tapping, tapping my Bible right here. A lot of our spiritual forefathers completely and totally submitted themselves for, to God and they never saw what God promised. They never, a lot of the prophets never saw what they had prophesied. And that's tough. And I think for me, it just caused, it just makes me aware and kind of convicts me of just kind of the, the self serving nature of some of my, of my ambition. Bible calls that selfish ambition because yes, working for justice is a good thing, but also I will benefit from it. Um, and so, yes, there, there are a lot of God, a lot of God's promises. We, well, we benefit from all of God's promises, but our, my, 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 my motivation to see those things shouldn't be just for my benefit, but for the glory of God. And God's going to do everything. We just have to trust and believe that God is sovereign, that his will is perfect, and that he truly is working out all, all things, all good things that happen and all evil things that happen for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So my pastor went on to say that the picture, the picture of God's promises demands, demands a process, which we are definitely going through. And the process demands patience. The farmer participates at two distinct parts of germination, sowing and reaping. So we plant the seeds to do the work and then we'll definitely reap and rejoice in the rewards whenever they come. But everything in between that sowing and reaping depends on the power of God. It doesn't, that doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on my eloquence. While I, on these podcasts, it doesn't depend on our collective organizing, although it's important. Like I should continue this podcast and we should collectively organize, but it all depends on the power of God and patience screams that the present is not permanent. 
that's difficult for me. What adds to my impatience is just feeling that if I don't do something, if something doesn't happen right now, if something, if the change that I want to see doesn't happen right now, then it's always going to be this way. Impatience is fueled by my selfish ambition and my inability to focus on God's picture. And not just God's picture, but his ability to, his power to perform. The pastor went on to say that patience is planted. Patience must be planted in what? In the truth of who God is, not in present circumstances. Back to James 5 and 8, it opens with, you also be patient. Establish your hearts. Establish our hearts in what though? Establish our hearts in the picture of what God has said, in the picture of God's promises, in the picture of what God has told us in his word through his prophets, what he is going to accomplish. That's what our heart has to be established in. That is where our hope should lie. And doubt creeps in when we allow ourselves to become impatient. And we, we begin to say to ourselves things like this, like, you know you're being impatient basically when you're saying, when you're just like, God, are you really going to do X, Y, or Z? God, is this really how stuff is going to be? And, I've, and I, I wrote that down because that's what I've been thinking, man. Like I'm reading, like these notes, I was just reading them this morning and it was cutting me. So if it's cutting you, man, like I'm there with you. I'm not up here on a podium talking down like you better do this. I'm saying, bro, I got to do this. And we, we definitely have to do this as believers. And this also hit that my patience will only go as far as my heart is establishing God. Again, my patience will only go as far as my heart is established in God. He gave us these four things to establish our hearts in, which I, I'm doing better just as a result of this message. Um, but it's still a struggle, like I said, to, to stay, to keep my heart established in these things. I have to do it daily. But the good thing about the struggle is that, like, like if it wasn't for the struggle, like, I mean, or struggling in general, I really wouldn't have to depend on God. And I, I, I am thankful for this struggle because it is keeping me dependent on the power of God. It's keeping me close to him. It's making sure that I don't go off on the deep end or just try to go off and accomplish godly things alone without God. So we must establish our hearts in one who God is. Two, his commitment to his promise. Three, his power to perform. And four, who I am or who we are as believers to him. So just because we are being persecuted does not mean God cannot deliver us. I know and we should know as believers that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Like We had to understand I think somebody told me this one time. I don't remember where I got this from, but they said, you know, you realize that although we definitely want God's promises and they're definitely going to be good for us beyond our comprehension, that as committed as we are to receiving them, as hopeful as we are to receiving them, God is more committed to accomplishing his promise than we are to receiving it. So as excited as we are to receive, to see, to see justice, God is more committed to establishing his justice and his righteousness than we are. So we ain't got to worry. And we have to remember that God is literally all powerful. He has never lost a battle. And so while it may hurt, while it may feel like we are losing, we are on the winning side in the end. And we have to remember 
who we are to him. He adopted us. He, and I say that, I'm going to just read it how I, wrote, how I wrote it. He adopted me. He chose me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Say that to yourself. He adopted me. He chose me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. When I'm aware of these things, it allows me to be faithful in tribulation, which is definitely what we're going through right now. But the problem is we often don't do a good job of establishing ourselves like James 5 and 8 tells us to do. So the question that I wrote in big letters, and I'm going to show you all right here. Uh, yeah. Is my heart established? I, again, that was a point. I said, is my heart established? And if it is established, what is it established in? Because I feel like our hearts are, there's no like uh, neutral point when it comes to living for living in general. Like you're, I feel like you're either on one side or the other. You're either established in, in the Lord or you're establishing things in the world or your own ability. And uh, in order to just to make sure that we are, our hearts are establishing God, Pastor gave these uh, these recommendations. He said, make sure that I'm looking at God's picture, God's promises, that I'm aware of his promises because we often have our own pictures of progress and justice. That one punched me right there because I have, I do have a picture. I'm sure we all have our own uh, image of what, justice would look like when it's accomplished and how it should and how accomplishing it should should look we have our own ideas about that and i think the impatience comes when when what's happening doesn't match what we want what, what, what our expectation is but when we're looking at god's picture and god's plan i think that will that will help us to be patient, to remain faithful, to remain steadfast, to keep working for good and for the glory of God, for, for, for our good and for the glory of God. Um, yeah, when we get stressed is when we don't take God into account. And not only that, that, that stress, that impatience is not something that you just feel or experience internally, but definitely with me, like I take it out on other people and myself in a lot of ways. Um, we lash out at others. We don't love ourselves well when we're being impatient. Like I don't, I, I neglect prayer. Like prayer isn't helpful to God, it's helpful to me. I need to pray. And even with more practical things like eating, right? When I'm impatient about in one area, I just get impatient in general. And I don't want to take the time to take care of myself, to love my family, to even eat right, to, 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 to steward my finances well. It, it, I just completely unravel when I become impatient. So we must remain established in, in God's promises. And for those of you who are watching, I keep closing and squinting my eyes because it hurts me. Because I'm just thinking of how poorly I'm doing that, doing all these things that I'm reading. But every day I'm just intentional about bringing God into this experience so that I'm not just struggling for nothing. I'm not struggling in vain. and I'm definitely not struggling by myself. 
Um, and I just know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I'm just progressing um, line by line, precept upon precept, from faith to faith and glory to glory. So we're not going to get all the glory at once. But it's a process. Like I said, uh, what is that, that note earlier? Um, the picture demands a process, and the process demands patience. So yeah. And the last note, the third note he gave was, patience perseveres in pain. Patience perseveres in pain. Because, and the reason patience is able to do that is because patience perseveres with a promise in mind. And so one thing that I'm focused on doing, like after this, after I record this podcast and in my own prayer and study time, I'm going to be looking up what are the promises of God? Because in order to be established in his promises, in order to keep his promises in mind, I got to know them. And yes, I, I've read the Bible all the way through, but I don't remember all of it. I have to refresh myself. And even when I, and like, just living life, we see a lot of stuff, we get filled, and we intake a lot of stuff in our, what, I, what my home churches call in our ear gates, in our eye gates, that pushes that word and that encouragement, that edification out. So we got to refill. We got to, we got to, um, <clears throat> we got to empty ourselves of all the horrible things that we see and fill ourselves with the promises of God, with the word of God, um, and it's important that we realize that just, the Bible tells us that we stay established, not, not necessarily so we can move forward, but just to stay standing. Just to stay standing and stay rooted where you are takes spiritual energy. It takes spiritual fortitude. Uh, James 5, 10 through 11 says, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. We call them blessed not because they saw what God said, not because they moved forward and accomplished it, but just because they remained steadfast. They remained standing for the Lord. And so I... I uh, I uh, finished my notes with, with these questions to myself. So I wrote, am, am I patient? Am I able to keep God's picture in mind? Am I able to wait on the hand of God? And I encourage you to ask yourself those questions. Are you patient? Are you able to keep God's picture in mind? Are you able to wait on the hand of God? Do you know God's promises? So that is what I have been intent on studying and I'm just recommitting to walking in faith, to walking in patience, to just grow and cultivate my trust in God. Um, and although it's, def it's definitely hard, it's also, it's also just a very, very beautiful time because in the midst of all this pain and struggle, like I said, I am getting closer to God. I'm becoming more and more dependent on God for strength, for hope. And the more I have of him, the more hopeful, the more patient I get. 
And the more patient I am, just the more the more of him that I have in me. And as, as believers, the more uh, we're supposed to desire, our deepest desire is supposed to be just to experience God more and more. So in the midst of this struggle is beauty because I'm experiencing God. I'm depending on God more and more in ways that I never thought I had to, in the ways I wasn't even aware that I needed to. So I'm thankful for that, and I'm hopeful that you all will experience that as well. Um, I did want to share with you all some some other some practical things that I am doing while I am remaining faithful and prayerful and patient. Um, so I I did not go to any of the protests, any of my local protests, just because, like I said, I knew I was impatient. I didn't want to lash out or what I say, a, a lash out or burnout. Um, but one thing I was, uh, so as the protests were going on, which I thought were beautiful, because I know like right now we are in a different, like th- these protests are different than the ones like, in, I remember like in 2016, the ones that went down in my home state in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Because a lot of times we, we protest, we get mad for a little bit, and then our outrage kind of fizzles out. But now, like I said, because we're aware of how deep, deeply ingrained racism is and we are aware of structural and institutionalized nature that people are now taking structural and institutionalized action and we're addressing the systems or the leaders of those systems and we're we're calling them to account and so one thing that i'm doing like i said so i signed those petitions that are in the so that are in the show notes um i've also uh, applied to be a member of or to be appointed as a member of the affordable my my city's affordable housing advisory board um, because races the housing industry man there is whole entire documentaries plural on racism in housing and i will do my best to find a link to to one of them but that's what i'm doing i'm also doing what i can just as just a a normal citizen like you know as a citizen you can attend like your the county commissioners meetings not just attend but you can also comment and so i'm looking into like right now how to how to attend my local the the ones in my in my area um virtually obviously because of COVID 19 i've seen videos of people doing the same and uh, voicing their comments and so I want to just do what I can as a citizen to just hold my elected officials and hold those people in power and government accountable to, to justice and righteousness. And I would love to hear what y'all are doing as well. So please DM me on Instagram or message me on, on Facebook. Uh, my, my information is in the show notes, but you know, my, follow me on Instagram at I am Juan to say, and on Facebook, you can just search Juan to say. There is more than one Juan to say. I am the black one. All right. So, yeah, I want to hear what y'all are doing. Um, I would love to share with other, with the, with the audience what you all are doing to, to keep the faith and stay woke. And it let me also let me know if you're interested in being uh, interviewed. Nothing major. It can just be like a short segment. I'm, I would love to just have just one episode that's just completely 
dedicated to highlighting the ways that our listeners are are being active and working to establish God's moral order and and his justice. And I got that term moral order from a campaign that I really love. It's called the And Campaign. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes into the show notes as well. They are just a they really help keep me grounded in in biblical truth as I fight for as I fight and stand for justice. So I'm going to keep that link or get you their links to their website and their their social media as well. Um yeah. So that's it for now. Thank you all for continuing to support the podcast and more importantly for standing for God and for standing for justice where you are, for being an advocate, for standing up and being a voice or uh, elevating the the situation, the plight and the voice of the the oppressed, of the marginalized. Thank you for that. Uh, Until next time, keep the faith and stay woke.